0: Chapter Twenty Three, Two Thousand Thirteen. New Year's Day, Two Thousand Thirteen, was spent in relative obscurity, quiet and restful. Mary and Gina came over for breakfast, and after they left, I took a ride down to the beach. I wanted to see how the cleanup was progressing since my last visit. The house on the curve was still a pile. The roads were still damaged. The dock was still gone, but the cleanup was underway. I stopped in church for a little while, came home, watched a little football, and decided about 4 p.m. that I wanted Chinese food. I had a desire. I have to desire Chinese food. It's not something I think about often. So I went to a place off Montauk Highway in Lindenhurst. I had miso soup, a spring roll, and vegetable chop suey tea as my beverage with a dish of chocolate ice cream and a fortune cookie. I went home and decided against a cigar. I felt somewhat cleansed by the vegetarian meal. Put the robe and slippers on, and I was in bed, asleep by 9 p.m. In the middle of January, my buddy Scott had to go into the hospital for what basically amounted to an operation to remove a blockage in an artery in his lower back. He had been complaining about lower back pain for a few years. Scott, the lawyer friend I referred to earlier in the book, was a chain smoker. He smoked at least two packs of cigarettes a day, maybe more. I met him through his father, Myron Branker. Myron, or Mike as he called himself, was someone I had known since 1973 when I worked as a major appliance salesman for Sears. I was a kid, and Mike was twenty years my senior. We hit it off, and through him, a few, years, a few years after I moved back from Los Angeles, Scott, nine years younger than me, and I became friends, very good friends almost a brother-like relationship. Mike, also an extremely heavy smoker, passed away due to complications from emphysema in 2010. I kept telling Scott, stop smoking. His body would cleanse and maybe his arteries would open up. He also slept on a couch in a very awkward position that lent itself to just the kind of pain he was experiencing. He wouldn't listen, and he was living through a series of very depressing events. Not only did he lose his father, who he was close to, but also his wife, a girl he had imported from China. She had deserted him for the homeland. Scott wanted the American dream, a house in the suburbs, a wife, a child, and a black lab. He had the house, yet to obtain the wife and child, but he bought the black lab. He got her in May of 2012 as a surprise for his wife when she returned from her visit to China. The wife never returned, but he had the dog. Her name is Missy. Scott went in for surgery, caught C. diff, and what was supposed to be a four-day stay at the NYU Medical Center turned out to be five weeks. They almost killed him. When I went to see him in the hospital, he was a mess. He wasn't only a mess. NYU was disgusting, filthy, dirty. There was sandblasting in the halls. No wonder he got the virus. When he returned home, he was very weak. His mother was staying with him and taking care of him. Missy had been in a kennel for five weeks and was hyper as she could be. She was too much for Scott's mother. He asked me to take care of Missy. I am a dog lover. That Sunday, I visited Scott at home. I gave him a shave and took Missy for a long walk. Missy and I bonded. When I returned from the walk, he asked me again. I wanted her, but I had a one-bedroom co-op on a second floor and no backyard. I explained this to him. I told him to give it a few more days. A couple of days later, he called me, pleading. The dog was driving his mother and consequently him insane. I agreed to take her for a few days until he got stronger. A few days turned into two weeks. I loved Harry having her. But it wasn't a good situation. A great dog. She reminded me so much of Charlie, the black lab Airedale mix I had bought for my children. Charlie lived for 14 years. He was the best. I loved him. He was my buddy and loved the family. He got sick from old age and I had to put him down in 2007. I cried for three days. Anyway, I'd walk Missy twice a day, train her, take her to the park, and run her. But it wasn't enough. She needed a house with a yard. At, a, at the beginning of the third week, this became apparent. I wasn't home enough. Though she never had an accident on my new carpet, she'd eaten my gloves, papers on my desk, dig holes in the walls, tear up toys, etc. I had to find a home for her. Scott wasn't capable of taking her back. I may, began making phone calls to everyone I knew and finally hit the jackpot with Joe Chetty. Although they had three already, he and his wife were dog lovers. And we're looking for another. I brought her over to the house on a Saturday morning and left her. I never saw her again. It broke my heart.